Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. Recording a little later because as you listen to this, I'm not here. I'm celebrating the holidays with my family. Most of you, as you listen, if you're listening uh, on the radio or if you're listening the first week the podcast comes out, I'm probably in New Orleans. Not thinking about you at all. I love my listeners. (laughs) But right now, I'm in New Orleans carrying those things around New New Orleans that they let you carry around. They don't let you carry around anywhere. A nice cold beverage. (laughs) I am here. The voice you hear ooing and eyeing over (laughs) New Orleans is Miss Allison Sullivan rejoining the show as a co-host. How are you? So good. It is so good to have you in here. Well, thanks. I love being here. So I really like you. Mm. But I also really, really like having a co-host in the studio. All, yeah. the, all these other schmucks, they're like in Italy and they're right. in Pittsburgh. And our mutual friend, Father Jared Cook, is is uh, in Austin, but he's lazy, so he doesn't come here. <laughs> uh, you, you actually kind of ruined that for me. He was on your podcast and you drove to him. Why did you do that to oh, me? Why did you do that to you're me? You're right. It's a really bad precedent, isn't it? <laughs> you did. It is setting a really bad precedent. You want to know why? Actually, there is a real reason. Sure. I can't figure out the technology, Taylor. <laughs> I'm like, I will just drive to you and put a microphone in front of your face. <laughs> Wait, is that why you asked me how to record Skype for him? Shush it. So that you never, ever had to drive to Austin ever again? Yes. Okay, I'm going to make sure that Father Jared Cook hears this <laughs> segment. I'm going to send him just this clip uh, so that he knows that uh, we love him equally. Well, and he's very special. No, he's, see, he's worth, is he, well, I know. I was going to say we love him equally. I was going to let him decide the level of our <laughs> love for him. <laughs> it's me, Father Jared. It's me. <clears throat> okay. So uh, speaking of co-hosts, I have been asking all the co-hosts. This is our last show of Advent. Mm. Next week's Christmas. This is mm. crazy. So uh, I've been asking all the co-hosts what everybody's doing for Advent. I asked right. John McAfee last week, and he started talking about the Von Trapp family. It was very confusing for me, <laughs> but also <laughs> exhilarating at the same time. So I, th- I thought this is a very simple question, but it's it's brought a lot of not only insight for people on what to right. do in Advent, especially as we close to the end of this, but it also just like some craziness. Right. So which which side are you it's on? It's varied, are you a mix isn't of both? it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. So everybody has a really different spo- response to this So this time of year. So I have a jillion kids and we all, all of us have very full schedules. And so, you know, you, you say, you know, Advent's almost over. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was a blur. And that's not <laughs> what it's about. It shouldn't be a blur. I mean, we're preparing room after all. Um, and so, you know, I, like I mentioned, I'm a mom, and so watching other moms do Advent can be a little overwhelming because I'm I'm not very cutesy, I'm not very crafty, um, and so I'm not very good at things that require a lot of um, repetition or routine. I'm just kind of bad at the rules. In a, in addition, with being you know not a very motivated decorator, so so there's just these cutesy aspects to Advent, and so you know you have the Advent wreath, and I'm like, can my kids really be trusted with an open flame? But it's really <laughs> let's put Kindle right around the flame <laughs> yes. with these small children. So I tend to get overwhelmed by all the very cutesy things um, that that my friends are doing, um, and really it's just their gifting, and they they should definitely keep doing that. But I don't need to be overwhelmed by it either, and so it is just as sweet to my family and our time together to light a candle and read a devotional together. It's still memorable. We're still preparing room. Um, so, you know, ideally we would have this beautiful Advent wreath and, and have the, you know, the beautiful calendar. But listen, there's, there's, there's sports and, and there's all the things. And so are we really like sitting down to dinner every single night? The truth is, is that that's not happening the way that I wish it was every single <laughs> night. So, but there are a couple things. Okay, so it started as a school project with my oldest. He had to make a nativity set. Oh, I heard about this uh, last week at, <laughs> at the recording that we're going to hear about here in just a little while, but your, your husband told me a little about this. Yes, but now they all do it. And so it started as, you know, something that they kind of had to do, but the other kids got in on it. And so it's this really sweet thing where they kind of symbolically make a nativity set. So that's, that's super cute. Um, we also have the elf. That that elf. Now we do it a little different in our home, the blasted elf. But instead <laughs> <blasted> of <laughs> instead of the whole like you know he's watching you to see if you're naughty or nice thing, I just feel and you know I'm not trying to be all 
you know, crotchety about it or judgmental or anything, but it just goes against the gospel to me. So, so like, you know, you get rewarded. You heard it here good. first. <laughs> Elf on a Shelf is against the gospel, quote by Allison Sullivan. Stop it. Oh my gosh, they're going to pick at my house. So, um, Anyways, so we do have an elf, but he teaches us little things that Jesus loves. So, for example, the kids woke up this morning and he was wrapped around um, their bottle of vitamins and it said, take care of your body. It is a temple. And so we'll talk about what does it mean that your body is a temple? So every day, if he doesn't get really tired and forget to to do something, to teach us something. Anyways, so so we, we have the elf. And then one thing um, that's been really special for us as a family is to have at least one weekend where there are no plans. And I guarantee you that in this season, in the, the pace of it all, you're going to miss something. You're going to have to say no to something. But it ne- we never regret it. It always ends up being a really sweet time. We're in jammies. We're making cookies. You know, we're doing watching bad movies on Hallmark or whatever. And, and so it's a really sweet time to just really be intentional about let's prepare the you know space. Yeah. And it's, it's fun for me to hear this because I, as I know your family, mm-hmm. y- like y'all kind of look like the family that has it all together. Oh, and dear. You're just like, oh, yes, you know, we have beautiful decorations and mm-hmm. we have a beautiful home. And, mm-hmm. and on the inside, you're just like, rah! <laughs> no, it's like open a closet and things will fall on top of you. <laughs> but I, I love the realness of it that uh, that you that you in the midst of the craziness. We talked about this last week. Like yeah. That Advent is the midst in the midst of the craziness. The baby Jesus comes like that's mm-hmm. that's what happened the first mm-hmm. time. Right. And. That's what you guys are doing. It's like, whatever. Everything's yeah. messy, but we have a candle and we have a devotional yeah. and we're just going yes. to do it. And I also love the fact that how you do the Elf on the Shelf, it just shows everybody that you're a convert because that is so Protestant <laughs> and like so just like Christian. Like we're going to take this elf and we're going to baptize him and we're going to make him. Uh, he's going to be an evangelist for the gospel here in our home for these next 30 days of Advent. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> love it. it. Well, and then, you know, just kind of breaking the, like, if, if, if we set a tradition, I'm like, how can we break it? You know, it's just kind of my personality in general. <laughs> also just, showing your Protestant side. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so, right. I'm so bad at the rules. So, yeah. That's a lot of fun. Speaking of fun, uh, last week we went to the recording of Sinner Saint Sister, your podcast. Yes. Uh, the, the live recording in downtown Bryan. It was an absolute blast. So, uh, I really enjoyed it. You had a cr- a crazy crew of people, like crazy good, I mean. I mean, just a phenomenal list. We got to hang out with Matt Reggetts and yourself and a lot of your your crew. So yeah. uh, why don't you tell us a bit about like, I mean, how, how are you feeling about it? Yeah. You know, so I feel good. I feel good. It, it was, it's a different, it was a different thing. We've never, you know, been in a public space like that. We were in this old bar in, in downtown Bryan and the, the feel of it was really you know, just the building itself told a story. And I had friends that made the stage beautiful, Revival Living Interiors. And, it was awesome. And then, yeah, it was so cool. And then just a lot of talent. I mean, a lot of really gifted people that pour themselves out. And so we created a panel, which we had never done before and um, invited some musicians from Houston, uh, Prince of Peace Catholic Church. So anyways, the Regitz family and Valerie Delgado, really beautiful people came together to make a really special night. And the idea was I started a podcast because um, I think that there's a lot of power in sharing our stories and creating space um, just for living life together, what it means to live life together and, and cross boundaries and really get to know people and talk about some hard things and, and shine light. And so so that's what the podcast is all about. And I wanted to take that to a new level of let's talk about things that we're really not supposed to talk about, that we've been trained to not talk about. And I think we've been um, – done a disservice to say, let's avoid politics. Let's avoid, you know, gender. Let's avoid sex. Let's avoid, um, you know, race. And, and we should have been taught how, how can we enter into these things civilly? And so in, in being taught to avoid them, there's just never been any light. And so there's a disinfecting quality to the light. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to create peace, um, I wanted to shine light. I wanted to bring peacemaking faces and share stories and um, really just kind of undo the ways that Satan tries to divide us. So that's what it was about. And I, I thought it was a beautiful night of reconciliation. 
So and it's cool because your your show. I mean, I've been a big fan of it, even though it's called Center Saint Sister. It's geared towards women. I'm just like, it's just so good. I still like this. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. I will never say this publicly, but I love your show. Uh, and you cover all of these in uh, a wide variety of mm-hmm, topics, mm-hmm. but the season finale every year is all about unity, which right. I mean, yes. and I think uh, we've talked before when, uh, when I've had you on the show back in the days when you were just a guest and not a monthly co-host, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when you were just a, a small person and now you're, you're all grown up. Well, yes. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. <laughs> <laughs> that makes one person in your life. <laughs> um, so... Uh, now I'm now I'm very confused because I'm picturing you as like a, a grown adult child, mm. uh, and it kind of looks like a, uh, the female version of the Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> oh no, I thought you were going to say Silas. Like Silas is my oh. many me. Yeah. Really? Yes. I'll, I'll have to check this out. Mm-hmm. Was he the one that made it into the picture of the? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> that was Blaze. He <laughs> was, was really totally playing hooky from school, and I didn't even realize he was in the picture until <laughs> later. Video evidence. You have thousands of followers on like, Instagram. Don't. <laughs> we're preparing the way. We are. We are creating space for the baby Jesus. We we took a relaxing day off. Yeah. I'll see how the principal feels about that. Yeah. Uh, so. Every every time you talk about unity and then I think a lot of this comes from your heart and your passion yeah. um, but because you're a convert and, mm-hmm. and want, wanting to see this unity mm-hmm. um, and and last night was really really neat and like I'm thinking even to like season two's finale mm-hmm. uh, where it was you had a, a Catholic priest Father Jared mm-hmm. and a, a Protestant pastor Ryan Pale mm-hmm. uh, speak and then this time it was like it, it continued to grow. You had a, a Catholic speaker, you had an African American guy, you had Ryan Pale's wife, which I thought was cool. It's like, yeah. you know, the pastor's wife never gets to do anything. Like, that was just really <laughs> neat. Uh, you had uh, uh, people from your like high school, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're not old, but I mean, it was a long time ago. I mean, sure. So, like, for me, it was like, it was like, I, like this is. I, is anyone in my high school class successful? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like yeah. will I be friends with them in ten years? Like, who knows? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so I, I just really enjoyed it. And I think the quote of the night um, was was from our friend Matt Reggett's. Mm. Um, uh, and and it, it flows perfectly from what you said, like the, the whole goal of it was. He said, how do, we, how do we live peacefully in this world but not passively, right? Yeah, so it's that like was good. We want, we want this, this unity, but we have to actually do something about it. We can't just sit right. back on our hands. Right. And I thought it was perfect because that's been one of my, not only was it perfect for that evening, but it was perfect for me to hear because like all Advent, it's been my focus to not be passive, you know, because we think of the word waiting as passive. We're in this season of waiting, uh, waiting for Jesus to come, waiting for him to come again in a special way in our hearts this Christmas, waiting for him for his second coming. But like that waiting isn't passive. Like we're not going to get this peace by being passive, we have to actually do something about it. Yeah. And that was really important to me. You know, part of the send-off was uh, the conversation starts here. It doesn't stop here. You know, nothing heroic happened tonight. And reconciliation, that word is being thrown around. And it's kind of being thrown around all willy-nilly, you know, and, and we end up like sucking the real power out of the word because the truth is, is that there's a lot of work left to do. So we can have this dialogue and that's great. And that's a beautiful moment, but there is still a lot of work to do. Um, reconciliation, it's it's a deep connectedness and it's a true generosity. And so it's not easy. It's not easy. And we make the idea of it seem romantic and the truth of it is that we it needs to do something you need to something else needs to follow the conversation the dialogue absolutely you you had this moment uh, on stage last night you kicked it off it's i mean it's your it's your show you kicked it off this is my show but mm-hmm. for the next Four minutes. Mm-hmm. This is going to be your show. You got on this amazing hey. soapbox and you got so fiery. And I'm just like, yes, give me yeah. more. Do that yeah. right now. You got it. Well, you know, it's it matters. It matters because there are there are, are two agendas for us. And one of them is life and the other one's death. And so God's agenda for us is life. It's healing. It's reconciliation. But Satan's agenda for us is division. God is a multiplier. Satan is a divider. And the thing about Satan, he's a tempter and a teaser and a trickster, but it's not passive. And so it's not just, you know, coiled up in the corner over there that if you just don't poke it, it'll leave you alone. That's not true. He's on the prowl. And so I think that Satan has these easy ways in. It's race and denomination and gender and politics. And what I wanted to do that night is I wanted to say no more. 
not here. And so we're going to bring light to the dark places and we're going to bring healing to the broken places. And we might not even know what the broken places are, but the Holy Spirit does. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, you know? And so it was really important to me to remember the oneness that we are called to. It was Jesus's very last prayer. So we cannot dodge how important this is to him. We sit on the deathbeds of people. We try to gain that last bit of life out of them. What's important? And his very last prayer for us was that we be one. And so because of that, I cannot believe in a Christ who just confirms my preferences. I cannot just draw a line in the sand because every single time he's on the other side of it. And so we have to abolish the idea of any distinction. We have to get rid of the idea of, of those people, other. And so when we, when we say and pray and sing, thy kingdom come on earth, thy kingdom come. We might even fast for that reality, but for it to mean anything at all, we have got to hang on to Christ tighter than we do our preferences. And I think that our tendency, and it's mine, is to stand inside of our our, our tightest concentric circles where we only commune, commune kindly with people who affirm who we already are with people who are agreeing with us. Our tendency is to, to lengthen the table for these people and then shorten it against those people, and we're all doing it. Uh, you know, you might be shortening the table against the guy in the Make America Great Again hat. You might be shortening the table against the couple in the same-sex marriage when the truth is it's not your table. Boom. And our job is to have a seat and to tell people why it is lovely. And so we have a greater calling And our calling is to respond to the oneness that we have become in Jesus Christ. And if we do not do that, then we will not grow. We will never be seen as one. The world will never be set ablaze. We will never be the city on the hill, and we will never be known by our love. It's just that simple. You killed it. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> this is my favorite Allison Sullivan. I, like, as you were standing up there last night, I was just like, sitting in the back, like literally in the back of the, of the entire room because I'm Catholic. So I was in the back and I was as close to the bar as I could uh. be. So I'm like, you're just up there. I'm just like, yes, keep this going. And, and, yeah. you, and you kept it going. Mm. And uh, if people want to listen to it, it will be posted soon on the Sinner Saint Sister yeah. podcast. They can go listen to the entire awesome. episode. Go listen Taylor. to the show. Um, no, thank you. And we're we're just getting started. I hope you have a little bit of that fieriness left because we're only a third of the way done. So uh, when we come back, we're <laughs> going to stamina. Keep, yeah, there you go. We're going to keep talking about Advent. Uh, we're going to look at a song that bothered me for a very long time that now I think is maybe helping me. I don't know. We'll find out. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. This is your host, Taylor Schroll. In studio, still with Allison Sullivan. She didn't leave me in between segments. She's no way. still here. Wouldn't dream of it. And we are on the phone. Miracles still exist. I made a lot of mistakes. And yet somehow, we still got Sandy on the phone from Cross Catholic <laughs> Outreach to talk about Box of Joy. Sandy, you are a saint for dealing with me. Oh, I don't think so. You're a saint for having this. Thank you. <laughs> Not one of my listeners agrees with you. I but agree you for with saying- Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you've you been traveling. We've been trying to get this done for a while, and I'm not very bright, but you are finally here. We finally got it going, and we want to talk to you about this uh, project that you guys have going on that is all centered around Christmas Day. Um, so, But why don't you tell us a little bit about what Cross Catholic Outreach does? Cross Catholic Outreach is a a Catholic organization whose mission is to mobilize the global church to transform the poor and their communities materially and spiritually for the glory of Jesus Christ. So we try to resource the church here in the United States to partner with their poor brothers and sisters in Christ in developing countries to provide their most urgent needs. And the box of joy that we're talking about today is an extension of that for children. I got to see this box of joy uh, at NCCYM a couple of week a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had a booth for Ablaze Ministries where I work, and we were promoting the work of youth ministry. And your crew was right next to us, and I got to actually see a lot of these boxes. It was very Christmas themed and festive. Um, so, what what are these boxes of joy, and where are they going? 
Boxes of Joy are shoebox-sized gift boxes that are sent to groups and parishes and schools and Catholics across the country who are mobilized to provide this mercy and generosity and compassion to children who probably have never received a Christmas gift before. So we provide all of the resources, the printed boxes, or you can use a shoebox from home during the, the packing season, and you just fill it with gifts for like toys and school supplies and hard candy and socks and t-shirts and hygiene items and accessories like a little watch or sunglasses or hair items. And you fill it up and uh, they get sent to children, again, who are really living in desperate poverty and probably have never received a Christmas gift before. So as we were talking before you came on the air, I had a, a cool little mental image that you said that, you know, throughout the year, there are groups like schools, like groups of students here in America doing this as a servant to mm. to their peers halfway across the world. Um, so there's still the main reason you're on is because I want our listeners today to be able to support in some way. But I do want to talk a little bit about this uh, so that they're aware of it for next year as well, about how people can be involved with this year round in this Boxer Joy project. Absolutely. It's a perfect time even now to start thinking about what you're going to put on your calendar as a parish community or a Catholic school community or a group like the Knights of Columbus or the National Catholic Council of Women. So you can put it on your calendar for next year. It's over really the packing session as a group or a school or a parish is over before Advent starts so that we can pick those boxes up and screen them at a screening center in Miami and get them to the children. So it is a mobilization effort where our goal this year was to bless up to 70,000 children with these beautiful gift boxes that are really just a celebration of the birth of Christ and uh, just an example of his love and what we're called to do as as faithful Catholics. That is really an impressive number, 70,000. That is really amazing. You know, there's so many more children. You know, we could do so many. We could we could bless as many children as we can have mobilized out there here in the United States, and we're so resourced. So what we're praying now is that as people are shopping for Christmas and shopping for gifts to bless their friends and families, that they could also, like going maybe on Amazon.com, go to boxofjoy.org and select the create a box option, and they're kind of purchasing a virtual box, which we will fill a box with gifts for the children and ship it for you. So it is absolutely not too late this season to create a box online and bless a child in need. So wonderful. One thing that stands out about it to me is how um, manageable it is. Not that I'm necessarily looking for easy ways out when it comes to giving this season, but I will say that when you do the trees and, and you know, kids are asking for coats and, and things like that, and you don't know the kid. And um, so, so it's, it's hard to pick things out, but there's something really manageable about filling a shoebox um, with more trinket, not trinkets, but, um, you know, smaller items that are maybe a little easier as a one size fits all. It is absolutely easy. And again, we send you all the resources you need. And of course, with the create a box option on boxofjoy.org, we will actually pack a box for you and ship it. But during the season, you choose a boy or a girl, you choose which age, like two to four, five to nine or 10 to 14 that you'd like to bless. And then you go shopping even to a dollar store and personally select gifts. And all of these are new, beautiful, clean things that would absolutely amaze these children who really have almost nothing. It is easy and it's fun and it really is faith in action. It really does sound fun. That might be my favorite part about it. The fact that I can do something great by going on a website and and paying for it. It's pretty cool. I actually really enjoy that a lot. I think next year, I, I, I'm, my kids are going to enjoy it. I was I have, just going to say. I have a five, three, and one-year-old, yeah. so next next year, it'll be six, four, and two. Did I do the math right? I mm-hmm. think so. I think that'd be a great project to do as a family. We've been talking all Advent about things to do as a family for Advent. Now, this one, you'd have to do a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. um, but in preparation for this holiday season, I think it's a fantastic idea. One thing that we've tried to do it is, is. Um, serve a child that is the age of our children. So we have five children, so and they run nine through four. So we'll get a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and a five-year-old. So um, I just think that they would get a really big kick out of that. It is really beautiful. It is amazing when you're at the screening center and we add a rosary in the story of Jesus to every single mm-hmm. box. And so not only with the little presents inside, which absolutely bless and thrill them, but we're also sharing the, the story of Jesus and, and the beauty of our faith. And so that rosary inside might be one of the most precious things as well. <laughs> but the people packing these boxes put little notes and cards and beautiful sentiments inside. And I cry like every five <laughs> seconds when I'm looking at them, looking in the boxes, how beautifully packed they are. 
And again, it's something that can be a beautiful faith activity for families and students and parishes and groups to do this together, and they often do. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's really one of the most beautiful ministries that, that we see at Cross Catholic Outreach. I'm so happy to hear about this, and I'm so happy that my audience is getting a chance to hear about this and about how they can help this holiday season. Uh, so the the two ways they can help now are by going to the website, and w- and there's one more. How else can they help, Sandy? They can go to the website and do a create a box at boxofjoy.org. And of, co- and of course, they can go to crosscatholic.org to make a donation and learn about all of the urgent needs that are happening with Cross Catholic and the generosity of faithful Catholics here in the United States. Last year, we brought almost $300 million in aid to the poor. We're in 36 countries. We have almost 300 projects. And these boxes of joy are going to children in Haiti, Guatemala, Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic, and El Salvador. And it is absolutely not too late to go and do 1 to 10 to 15 to 20 boxes of joy or more uh, in a virtual way and pay for them online. And again, we'll be filling boxes and sending those to children for you. So it's a beautiful way to bless a a family and children in need uh, as you're shopping for your friends and family here as well. I am on my way there online right now. (laughs) Come back, Allison. We've got a few minutes left. You can do it in eight minutes. Sandy, thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us today, for sharing this amazing opportunity that we can all have to uh, to bless some people uh, because we've been so gener- gener- generously blessed uh, to share that gift with others. Thanks thanks so much for coming to share that with us. Thank you so much for allowing us to share it. And we'll be praying that all of the families listening will be abundantly blessed at Christmas and throughout the new year. Thanks so much, Sandy. Have a blessed. fantastic Christmas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks God for bless. your important work. Okay. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Allison, I really liked that project. <laughs> I did too. It, it For me, just the simplicity of it is phenomenal. Same. Yeah. And I mean, we both like the fact that we can do this in like March next year when it's not busy (laughs) and like take care of our Christmas generosity with our children. It's going to be a blast. I really, really like it. So I like that I don't have to take five kids into Target and, you know. I know. I was thinking that I want this for my kids. Like, can there be a a website (laughs) where I can just go buy things for my kids and it's just like sent to them, you know? It's good. That would be fantastic. Okay. I want to transition to this. This is a story. We talked about the parable of the lost sheep when we played Reckless Love a few weeks ago. Okay. Uh, Everybody's favorite song that's been sweeping through uh, all the worship circles, all the church circles, all these things, right? That passage has always driven me crazy. (laughs) Okay. Until very recently. And I, I want to tell you why it drove me crazy. So I'm going to read it to you. I'm sure you've heard it before. Um, but I'm going to stop at a very at a very specific point. Okay, here at the beginning, the tax collectors and sinners. Oh, by the way, I love that. It's like the sinners were sitting over there. Like if, if <laughs> those I, people. If I referred to a group of people like that, I would be like cast out. Right. But that is scriptural, my friends. Right. <laughs> the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to him, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain. Typical, saying, "This man welcomes sinners and eats with them." So to them, he addressed this parable. I never realized that this parable of the lost sheep was addressed to the Pharisees as they walked up Mm -hmm. to be jerks to him. Mm -hmm. So what man among you having a hundred sheep and losing one of them would not leave the 99 in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) What's the correct answer to that question? Right. Oh, it's not rhetorical. No, not rhetorical. (laughs) Well, I mean, it seems like a risk because, I mean, what if the sheep's already dead? I mean, what if when I go, you know, a bunch of other ones disappear? So, I mean, going after the 99 doesn't make any sense, right? (laughs) Or going after the one, right? right, Sorry, yes. Yeah, so (laughs) the correct answer to this question is all the Pharisees and scribes and sinners going, yes. None of us. None. Like, they live in a society where approximately lots of, zero. <laughs> lots of shepherds, and it's just like Jesus. Like, yeah. what, you're a carpenter. What if you never worked with wood? Like, that's kind of your job, right? Right. But none of them. No shepherd would do this. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh yes, we all know that all the shepherds would. They're just like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, this is this is crazy. And you listed a lot of the things. Like, I start thinking of the practical. Sure. Like, what's a shepherd's job? Protect, protect the sheep from wolves. Right. 
a wolf goes to 99 sheep with no protection, there's going to be like 12 sheep left. Yes, the thing has been eaten. Let's <laughs> right. face it. Right. <laughs> so it, it's always been kind of, kind of interesting to me. Um, but then it continues. When he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders with great joy. And upon his arrival home, he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need for repentance. So I have to remember that this is a parable. Jesus isn't teaching. He's not giving a shepherding class here. Right. right? Yeah, that's good. That's good. (laughs) And I never really recognized that. Yeah. Because I never understood the point of it. Like, I well, let's say I understood half of the point of it. Yeah. I get, because of, like, the reckless love song and all of this, like, this is Jesus saying, like, he is going to come after you. Yeah. If you are the one, because we're all the one. We're all the sinner. And he's either coming after us way back then or he's coming after us every day, depending on wherever we're at in our life. And he's going to continue to do that. But there's also this other side of Scripture. It's like this is teaching us about God, but it's also like Jesus is our model. So what is he modeling for me here? I don't get it. Why would like it's not practical for me to leave the 99 of something to go after the one? So right. what's the crux of this entire story? And I go, "Oh, I just glossed over who he was talking to." Mm. So that last line reads a little differently to me. He's talking to these Pharisees and these guys who literally come up to complain to him and to try to trap him. Yeah, of course, yes. And that last line, I've always heard it being, oh, the 99 are like the church. Like mm-hmm. we are all the sheep of Jesus mm-hmm. and we're the church and Jesus is going to go after somebody and lead us unprotected. Like that's how I've always kind of oh. felt that. So then it's weird in times where I feel unprotected or I feel let down by the people that he's left in charge. Mm-hmm. What? Like it never, but that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about the 99 church people. Yeah. He's talking about the Pharisees, the yeah. people who, here's what he says. I'm going to read it again. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Right. So let me ask you this. The people, the 99 people in the church, do they still need repentance? Yes. They do. <laughs> so he's not talking about people that are in the church. He's talking about these people. And there's there's a little bit of, of sarcasm in the word righteous. Yeah. Right. Oh, these quote unquote righteous right, people right. who don't think that they need repentance. Right. Boom. That's it. Right. Well, that's the like the pharisaical rewrite would would be. I mean, what they're really asking is. The sheep went too far, you know, like, well, the, you know, the sheep crossed the stream and went through the woods and is now in the bog. And so Jesus isn't like, oh, well, that's too far. You know, no, he's, he's going after it. But, but the, you're right. I mean, the, the Pharisees were, were trying to trap him here. And I like the message of it doesn't matter how far gone the sheep is. It, it's an inaccurate rewrite. And so I think that the, the Pharisees, the, the point is, is that he came for people who know that they do not deserve him. And so, my my biggest takeaway is the risk, you know, that we kind of started out talking about because God is the greatest gambler of all. He gave absolutely <laughs> everything. Awesome. God is the greatest gambler <laughs> well, of all. I mean, he gave absolutely everything to people who might not even accept it. You know, like there is no pride involved here. So not only am I going to pull out every single stop I have, not only am I going to go to every single effort, even at my own risk, my own expense, this is costly, this hurt me, but I'm going to throw a party because that's how it ends, right? I'm going to throw a party <laughs> that probably ends up costing more than the stupid sheep that won't quit wandering <laughs> off, right? That's, that's true. I thought of that. <laughs> like the sheep just can't ever stay put, but I'm going to throw this party. So you know what? I don't care about what seems foolish to the world. I don't, I don't care if it seems foolish or radical to you. No matter how many people are in fellowship with God, it is not enough until it's all of them. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. You're, you're fiery again, and I love it. This is the, the last point that I was reading because I was trying to figure out. I read this story, and I was like, what? You know. So I went and looked up what other people were saying about it, and I found this this uh, quote. It says, an adult sheep may weigh anywhere from 110 to 125 pounds. 
And it says in the story that the shepherd finds him and puts him over his shoulders with joy. Nothing <laughs> that goes over my shoulders with 125 pounds gives me joy. But Jesus, it would be no small effort to carry the sheep, but for joy over finding which was lost, uh, the shepherd bears the dis- discomfort. Yeah. So Jesus bore the discomfort of us on his shoulders mm. with the cross. And I think the reminder for us here in this Christmas season, we keep talking about Jesus and the cross like it's Easter, but it's it's Christmas. You yes. know? <laughs> but I, I think the biggest thing is that like we need to realize here in this at the end of this penitential season of Advent that we cannot be like these Pharisees. We have to be the ones who are saying I, I know that I need a savior. Mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. this help uh, so that we can actually be with this shepherd who loves us so much. That's good. You're good. You know, we get likened to sheep all the time in scripture, and it's not exactly a compliment. Yeah, you're very smelly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll be right back for our final segment of the day. Welcome back to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your host, Taylor Schroll, in the Red Sea Radio Studios. This is the first time Allison Allison Sullivan has been in the studio while this song is playing. And she just did the dance moves that I usually do. The I'm ones, feeling it. The ones uh, reserved for us gringo folk. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I've got a song for everybody today. And Miss Sullivan... I don't think this one's going to make you want to dance. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this song, I mentioned it a while back, but uh, ironically enough, it was the week after all the scandals broke. Mm -hmm. And I was supposed to play, I was planning on playing this song for completely different reasons. And then the scandal broke, so I had to talk about that. I mean, it it changed changed everything for everything for everything, so including this show. So, but this song actually really speaks into a lot of the the struggle and the pain and hurt that people have been feeling for the last few months now. And also I wanted to play it now because the holiday seasons are often very difficult for people. And it's like, this is supposed to be this time at Christmas where we feel Christ in a new way. Like he comes in a, in a special way into our hearts and we're uh, around the, the, you know, the, pristine view of this is we're around the love of our family, around the love of our friends. But for so many people, that's not the case. Um, So there's this song that I heard called Though You Slay Me by Shane and Shane. Mm -hmm. And I could not stand it when I first heard it because I was was like, how can this song be about and, and a prayer to the God that I know and love? Right. And then I realized about a year into hearing it, that uh, that I was wrong, hmm. <laughs> and that uh, it wasn't a problem with the song. It was a problem with with me and my understanding of suffering and my understanding hmm. of God in suffering. Um, so here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna play the song. Um, I've got some thoughts on it. I want to hear your reactions to it. Okay, and we will go from there. Okay. Turn to the Lord, the one who's broken, the one who's torn me apart. You strike down to bind me up. You say you do it all in love, that I might know you in your suffering. Though you May fade 
to the song for years now mm. and it's still like i mean i even knew i was going to talk about it it yeah. still kind of breaks me up yeah um what do you think initial thoughts wow you know i i can't help but listen to that and not think of second corinthians um you know where we're told his grace is sufficient you know because we can think about our rights what we think our rights are and i think the real question is can we turn over our rights um I my, my right is to have a good job because I'm a hard worker or my right is to have romantic love because I have a big heart or my right is to have effortless relationships because I'm a nice person. You know, I'm decent. And really, we all know with our heads that we haven't been been promised anything. So can we say your grace is sufficient for me and stop? So for his power to be made perfect in our weakness, I think that some of um, my favorite things about the way that my faith has developed and, and matured, you know, that dynamic, that moving living faith has happened by the things that I didn't ask for or the things that I didn't plan, the things that I didn't choose. So those those were my first thoughts. But then to bring it up during this time of the year, Christmas is complicated. Christmas is um you know, there's some, there's a nostalgia to it that makes it sweet. It's like the, the music is familiar and the ornaments are sentimental and the air's crisp. And, and, and then on this other hand, the reason that it's complicated is because we can't turn back time. And, um, as much as we might wish to, we can't make gifts from nothing, you know, or, um, you know, there are these people that we might wish that we loved <laughs> or we can't, you know, strong arm, good into triumphing over evil. So it's it's a hard time. It's complicated. But Jesus 
is wrapped in our injured flesh. And he was born to poor parents on the run with nowhere to even lay. And so we know that he's with the sick and the hurting and the confused and the oppressed and the hungry and the brokenhearted. He's in those that we love or wished we loved. He's everywhere. And so in that way, Jesus is near. In this complication, we can really tap in to what we learn from um, his experience. And so there, there's an intimacy there. Yeah, and it's it's not just our our complicated like this is our brokenness. Yeah, like the worst parts. I mean, like yeah. what what else is more? What other many things are more heartbreaking than lost love? You know, yeah. that, like you, that you brought up. It's like those things can still hurt from so long ago, mm-hmm. and it's it's it doesn't make sense, but then it does all at the same time. And like, so I listened to this song, and I'm like, what do you mean? broken apart like why why would god do this and then i like then i realized that this song is it's it's about job right i mean this song is from the book of job where essentially like i can't imagine being job i just can't imagine he gets all of these things this he has an amazing life a, a, a wife kids uh tons of cows apparently that was a great thing back then like i particularly don't want many cows right now but apparently if i was back then like that's what i would want you right know? uh instead of ferraris you had many many cows so a real status um, symbol so like he had all of these things but like you said like who who says that he deserved them, right? Mm-hmm. They were all gifts from God. And it's this, it's the whole lesson of that book. And it's a difficult lesson mm-hmm. that um, God didn't make all of those things happen. He didn't make all the cows die. He didn't take away his family, but Satan did. And God allowed those things to happen. And then like, we know that sin entered the world because of our sin and because of the deception of the evil one. And all of these heartaches are just a reality of life. But, like, we're in this season where Jesus comes into the midst of that. Mm -hmm. But also, like, that doesn't, like, in the moment, like, sometimes that idea isn't enough. Yeah, Jesus is enough. But it's really hard for us to wrap our minds around it in the midst of of heartache, in the midst of of the scandals, in the midst of not like our our hurt from, from local church. Like, whatever we're going through. We're in this position where, like, Job never once said, I understand what is going on. Yeah. He just said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Right. And it's like, how freaking beautiful of a prayer is that? Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. And, like, that's why this song is so hard for me, because I don't want to suffer, but yet this Jesus who's born as a baby next week literally was born to come and suffer for me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like y'all talked at, at at your thing last week about having these crosses around our neck. Mm-hmm. It's like we we have a man being murdered around our neck, mm. and it's not because of the suffering. We're not saying that that's amazing. It's because through that suffering came our salvation. Right. Through that suffering, there is hope in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of not knowing what the heck is going on. Yeah. And that's why it took me so long to get my head around this song. Yeah. Yeah, it really it's really touching. It's really beautiful. I I'll definitely keep this um as a favorite. One of the things that's been helpful to me is in times when things are um complicated or confusing or there's suffering in my life. Um I think that our tendency is to really try to make sense of all of it and I don't know that we're going to have all of those answered this side of heaven. And so what's been important for me is to create space to lean into the parts of his character that aren't confusing. Because the truth is, you know, is God like gently explaining himself over lunch? I mean, he's not, you know, so (laughs) it'd be really great. It'd be so great. But until then, until we're face to face and I can, um, you know, actual face to face with the love of God. And I can ask questions and get an answer. Until then, I feel like it's my duty to just keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up and lean into the parts of his character that are not confusing, which is that he is good. He is good in every single thing. He's going to work out for my good and absolutely nothing is wasted. So he's going to use, even if this is a bunch of horse manure, he is going to use it somehow. Nothing is wasted. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he used the cross to do the greatest thing in history. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's, I'm very bad at suffering. Anybody that's listened to the show, anybody that's ever known me, knows that I'm not bad at suffering. And I'm in this religion that is centered around suffering. Mm. <laughs> it's like, how, how did I miss the boat on yeah. this, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, I think, like, through my suffering, through your suffering, through anybody's listening suffering, it's like through our suffering is where we really encounter Christ. Yeah. Now, you talked earlier in the, in the first segment about, um, like, we, we make God in our own image. It's like, you know, I, 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 this is what I feel like God is saying. It's like, no, this is what he actually said, and it doesn't agree with what you just said. Right. You know? When your theology agrees with you, it's like, <laughs> eh. <laughs> but he has, he has so much more in store for us than we can see in the moment, even even in the midst of our of our deepest and darkest suffering. And there's there's a hope in the midst of the song. Like the the voice crack where mm-hmm. he says like like right after the bridge, like mm-hmm. it breaks me every mm-hmm. time. Cause I just like that's what I feel like all the time. Yeah. It's just like voice crack crying out mm-hmm. to God. And there's this beautiful moment of hope right before that. It's like my heart and flesh may fail, the earth below gives way. But with my eyes, with my eyes I'll see the Lord, because lifted high on that day, behold the Lamb that was slain, and I'll know that every tear was worth it all. Yeah. And it's like that's the hope that we have as Christians. Like none of us will ever sit here and say, This is why you're suffering the way that you are. I think that you know, our, our comfort is our love language, you know, and so we try to, to stay comfortable as often as possible. But when we don't allow ourselves the, these deep ravines, you know, we, we tell ourselves that these emotions are bad and these are good when really emotions aren't bad or good. They just are. But when we are trying to avoid these low lows, I think that what can inadvertently happen is that we lop off these high highs too. And so in that way, deep sorrow can really kind of pave a way to great, great joy. So it's necessary. It's a necessary part of the story. We talked about that last week. Great, great tie-in. So um, the last part of this, and and you've kind of touched on it a little bit with your initial thought, is. the bridge, though tonight I'm crying out, let this cup pass from me now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so often, I like one of the things that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because I feel like it's true, but not 100%, is the like Catholic offer it up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, Jesus, God, he said, let this cup pass from me. Like, he yeah. didn't want it either. He didn't yeah. want the suffering either. Yeah. So, like, I don't have to want the suffering. Mm-hmm. But he also taught us in that moment, but. Let your will be done. Yes, and like that—that's what it is for for me too. Even though that that's challenging for me, um, that you're still all that I need. You're enough. You're you are what I need, God. And like that's what Job got to, and that's what I am still struggling to get to. And hopefully, I'll get to one day. I think sometimes we can make Jesus this two dimensional character. Like I'm thinking what you were saying about the the cut passing. I'm thinking about him in the desert when um, you know Jesus was really tempted. He wasn't like pretend tempted, you know, Satan didn't show up with horns and like an arrow at the end of his tail, you know, like, no, he was because that would be cartoonish, right? No, he was really tempted. Satan was offering him a faster way to, he was tempting him with something good. Like you could get this faster. And so, and Jesus just totally shot him down with God's word. So leaning into scripture, giving space for all of our emotions. Yeah, and it's important, we'll, and we'll hear it throughout this Christmas season. Releasing uh, our rights, the, the word, the word of God, just gonna just just gonna rush over us. So, yeah. Allison, thanks for being here today. I love um, it. We Merry Christmas, everybody. This is it before Christmas. Christmas. I know it's still Advent. Don't yell at me. Uh, we'll figure it all out <laughs> next week. We'll be back with Catholic comedian Mr. Aaron Weber. You don't want to miss it. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. From me, my family, from the team here at Forte Catholic, we just want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. We hope that you have a great week. We'll be back for the next one. See you.